1: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Poot Shoot Magoots. What's up, dude? Not a whole lot. I actually saw one of our listeners really looks forward to the way that you introduce me.
0: <laughs> so if you need any extra motivation to just keep doing what you're doing, there you go. You got it. I'm
1: glad somebody appreciates it because one, I always, I, I've called you different names since high school. I always yeah. try to think of variations of shooter. I remember my contact in your phone being like 15 words long. It still is. It's the yeah. same. It's Sean Pootshoot Morrison. Yeah, and there You, you slimmed it
0: down a little bit. That's Yeah, yeah. I did.
1: It used to be like Sean Pootshoot Magooter. Shooter McGavin Morrison. Yeah,
0: there you go. Now, but, now you just aired out my government, but, you know, that's fine.
1: People know, don't they? I have no idea. I announce my government name every week, so you know what? People you... still think that yours is the fake name, which I think is hilarious. I know. It's my great-great-grandmother's maiden name. That's where Steele comes from. So, for all you naysayers, and then I get to people all the time, and I'll, I'll drop this little nugget out there. My full name, full legal name, is William Steele Russell. Oh, we're going full government. Well, week. I just want to explain because this is something it's been a pet peeve of mine since I was a child. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you're going to name your kid, something don't put their middle name as the name you want to call them because it makes their government life a nightmare. Anytime I have to do paperwork, anytime I have to like, when I was applying to schools and shit, they would lose my stuff because I'm like, Oh, I'm steel. They're like, who I'm like, William. They're like, who now it's like, sometimes it gets inserted as like William, Russell, steel, Russell, William, steel, steel, Russell, like it's, a nightmare but yeah
0: that's i i'm actually happy that you went that way because i thought you were going to retell the story about people calling you will or willie well that's what i'm gonna do that's what i was getting you t- already did this before
1: did i yeah that people are like oh we're gonna call you bill i'm <laughs> like oh are you because you're not <laughs> before, no, yeah. it's on my mind a lot because <laughs> it happens every time someone finds out my first name is william they tell me one my real name's not steel which makes no sense because on my birth certificate it says steel too they do that stupid shtick Hey, Billy, I'm going to call you Billy forever. And then they forget about it in five minutes.
0: You're just airing out your parents at this point. Yeah, you're like, don't do that. Yeah, That's stupid. Mom and Dad, for naming me Steel. Well, at least you're speaking from a point of perspective, and I appreciate that. But we had a huge week. Massive. We had our live show last week, so if you weren't able to go, it was a great time. I mean, we still, obviously, we wanted to put out an episode for, for everybody else, just to be fair. Yep. But the live show was where it's at.
1: It was unbelievable we had a full house it was sold out the energy was insane the entire time it was so loud but in like a good way and i don't remember about half of it
0: no honestly like i remember the waiting being the worst part like we got there four and a half hours before it felt like six days it was the longest hour to hour time frame of my life and then the actual show was an absolute blur it was an know. hour and a half we sat in the same seats i was sweaty as balls because those lights were just on us the whole time
1: i didn't realize that until all of a sudden i was like wow my ears are really hot and then I was uh, wow really i'm really hot
0: i just remember people <laughs> hugging us afterwards being like you guys are a mess right now yeah
1: well zach somehow was not no he was still like put together cool as, cool as a cucumber you and i are like dripping sweat looking gross and like the coolest part to me was after the show, everyone coming up and just being like, "Oh my god, like I love your podcast." Whatever, just taking pictures and shit. Like that's what we live for, honestly. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, that was that was really cool. I mean, we had a lot of good interactions with a lot of people. That, like, let's face it, like when we were doing the meet and greet, people were coming up and they were fans of Zach, and they're like, "I also know you guys too." Yeah. And then we would know the people that knew us. Like, we I kind of gotten to a point where I'm like, "All right, you know." Maybe a lot of people are here for Zach. Maybe it's not us. And then it just clicked over, and all of a sudden, all these people were coming up like, "I fucking love you guys." Yeah, dude. Great. It's so surreal to meet you. Somebody said that they saw me at a grocery store around here, right? Yeah. (laughs) And like, I was too afraid to come up and talk to you. And I'm like, I feel like I'm an approachable guy, but who knows? You know, I I put my AirPods in and I don't listen to anything, so people don't talk to me. But those people
1: can. Yeah, super approachable. By the way. Yeah,
0: I know. I'm really painting a great picture here, but. I, it was It was really cool, and then I had to immediately go on a golf trip, which was a lot of fun, good decompressing, except didn't play well, so not a lot of decompressing, actually. I think my blood pressure went from like a little high at the show, you know, like kind of freaking out, and then we were all good afterwards, and then it spiked because I was playing like Those a shit. four rounds of
1: bad golf'll do that yeah, to you.
0: and then it just culminated with by the way, PSA, if you're going to fly somewhere, I know it's cheap to use spirit and frontier and delta and whatever don't do it delta just, is
1: just not on pay. that list
0: delta's on that list oh yeah i've mean? been screwed over by delta multiple times
1: yeah but it's not the same setup what gets me about spirit and frontier we're going on a whole tangent right now yeah spirit and frontier on paper you're like wow cool i can fly to florida for 80 bucks like that's dope but then when you get to the airport you got to pay for a seat so that's another charge if you bring a carry-on Another charge. You end up paying, you might save like 50 bucks, like all said, all done, instead of going like American or Delta's not one of those. Delta's not a spirit I, or- I
0: flew to Seattle with Delta before and they randomly decided, oh yeah, this was a nonstop trip. We're actually just going to stop in Minneapolis for Oh, so you hours. just had a bad Delta experience. It's happened twice with Delta. So two for two. I mean- Okay. But, but either way, I flew Frontier and then Monday afternoon, we finished up our rounds, got an email. Hey, we're pushing it back got another email hey we're pushing it back i was already supposed to leave at 10 p.m i didn't end up leaving till like 11:30. 30 i got home at 3 a.m it was an absolute nightmare i had to like i was emailing my boss like hey by the way might be stuck in myrtle beach for another day my stepbrother's looking at golf courses for the next morning right. <laughs> he's like if we're stuck here we might as well just you know go out and play again at 7 a.m and I, it was a nightmare i hated it but the next time i fly which might be vegas
1: oh yeah I mean, well, we got go to we gotta go to we got to go to Charleston. Yeah, true.
0: Charleston's actually a lot of fun, too. I'm really excited to get back down there.
1: But. Yeah. Hang out with with Joe and the crew from Southern Hospitality. Let's find out when they're filming. Maybe we'll, you know, make a I little special they're filming guest appearance. The I talked to him the other day and I just like put a feel out. I was like, yeah, I think we're going to come down there in the next couple months. And he's like, dude, <laughs> he just sounds like one of the bros. He's like, it dude. Is- Lock it in. I'll lock in a golf day for the boys, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this sounds like a blast. I can't wait. Yeah,
0: no, that's that's definitely going to be a lot of fun. That's a good time to get down there, too, in the summer. Just, you know, get real hot.
1: But... The humidity is miserable. But, hey, we'll <laughs> yeah. we'll survive.
0: No, we'll be fine. And thus ends probably the longest tangent we've ever gone on in the that, beginning that was of the show.
1: A, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. But I think to, to sum it up. The live show was amazing. We are doing another one. It's coming up very soon. We can't announce the official date yet. We will announce. Different
0: city. You don't have to come here. Yeah. Different city. People are
1: afraid of Philly. Philly's fine. We'll go to a different city. We'll
0: make sure it's on your
1: turn. That takes us to our Rose and our Thorn. We're back to Rose and Thorn. Um, And I'll start it out because I thought this was really funny. So my Thorn. I'm going to start out with the Thorn because we got a little shady. On our account this week, and um, there was an article that came out in regards to Louis, Teresa's Louis, and it's a private investigating firm was hired by somebody to look into his business dealings. And for those of you that don't know, Louis just started a company that does lead generation research and things like that, which is the exact same thing that Jen Shaw was doing. Mm-hmm. Right, so red flags there. He went on Watch What Happens Live had a weird response when andy asked him about it i remember that and a lot of people commented on the post saying that like oh remember when he was on watch what happens live i was like yeah that was shady it's just it, it's always so weird to me when somebody asks you a point-blank question like hey what do you do for work and you give him the runaround and you
0: can't fucking answer it like the big red we've flag you've seen that like jenshaw did it and louis has done it and we've seen it a couple other times and it's like either you don't know what you do and you're terrible at your job or you're trying to hide something or worst of all maybe you're so pretentious that you're like you know you really won't get it you so don't I'm understand gonna, i'm gonna use simple words to describe this it's like all, right, all three suck yeah but this what louis did he got all flustered on watch what happens live and it looked like he was hiding something
1: yeah and so this comes out and it says that someone's looking into his company to figure out what he's doing now we understand that it's a private investigating firm. This would be very similar to if I hired a company to look into you. And then there was an article about like, oh, this company's looking into Shooter Maguder.
0: That would be so. <laughs> like five years down the road, we have a tiff, an it's issue with out. Rob
1: Bros, a big falling out.
0: And then all of a sudden I see a guy going through my trash outside. Like uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry.
1: Yeah, that's me. I'll be out there yeah, with my fanny there. pack uh, looking <laughs> for your shit. But like we get that. So we know it's not like damning evidence. It might not be anything. But the point of me posting the first thing was, because I captioned it, can't wait to hear Teresa fans defend this one. Intentionally poking the bear. I was trying to see if I would get some arguments that were objective that would say, hey, this doesn't mean anything. Like We don't know if he did anything sketchy. Like It's an ongoing investigation. And also, it's not even criminal. It's just some companies looking into him. That's what I was hoping for. Mm -hmm. Instead, what I got is what I expected, which is... Oh my God, you Melissa Gorga fans, you Joe Gorga fans are the worst. You must be on Frank's payroll. The things that Teresa's gone through, nobody else could even handle. You guys are ridiculous. I thought this page wasn't one-sided, but clearly I was wrong. Like stuff like that. And it was like, I've responded to a bunch. I was like, look, unfortunately for you, you just proved my point of what yeah. I was doing. I was trying to see if you guys could look at this situation as a tree stands and just say simply, hey, you don't know all the details. Hey, you guys should do your research, whatever it might be. Just like do it from an objective standpoint. And instead, they dragged us relentlessly. There's like 16 messages that call us stupid, that say we're on payroll. By the way, we're not on anybody's payroll. But if anybody, Wish. yeah, if any Bravo labs are listening and you want us on your payroll, we are not above bribery. Yeah, no. absolutely. <laughs> Please do it. And
0: we'll try to, you know, hide it as much as we can. But I think the main issue from all of that, and I've talked about this before, and I want to talk about it again. People follow us on social media for news, and they're like, oh, I want to be up to date with the, the Bravo stuff. Like, you're just a page. Like, no, we're a fucking podcast. Yeah, listen so to the clearly episode. Clearly, they don't listen to us, and that's why they're like, well, you're, you're, I knew that this was going to happen. One-sided pages, bullshit. It's like, if you listen to one episode, just one episode, just one segment about Jersey... You'll understand that we don't take sides. We jump around a lot. And like people are saying. All we do saying, is just break it down. Like it's very simple.
1: Yeah. And people were saying that we uh, like, oh yeah. And like, we don't hear you speaking up about Marge. I'm like, listen, one episode. I, I go after Marge weekly. On yeah. a weekly basis, I say something tired about tired of Marge. going after Marge,
0: <laughs> but we still have to do it because she keeps doing dumb things that we don't agree with. But also... Teresa does dumb things that we don't agree with. Louie, obviously. We talk about all of them. Melissa, Joe, like we rip everybody apart if they're being dumb. If they're being
1: good and we agree with them, then we agree with them. We, were, we had a, a task here. and I just went off. off yeah, that was your thorn. Tangent. That was my Long thorn. Long thorn. So my rose is a couple of things. I think my number one rose was obviously the show, but this one was really funny. So we got a review. Five stars from Farmer Mag Mag. And the title's just Brov Bros. And it says, this has become the only Bravo podcast I listen to. I love hearing Steele introduce Shooter every week. I also love and a Capri, K- Jesus. Well, what the hell was that? I completely agree with Shooter's hate of Real Housewife Ultimate Girls Trip. we Will definitely miss hearing them say Kate R. Sharif, but I will keep listening because I love the honest opinions. I love that we got credit for the Kate R. Sharif bit. Oh, yeah. Kate R. Sharif also chimed in and said that she was cool with it. So that was like the, the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's my rose. Just I like, you know, that people like what we do and they talk about it sometimes. I love that. It's
0: yeah. Cool. I mean, like we get, like the reviews are great. I also, you know, we get DMs here and there on Twitter. We get, obviously we get a ton of DMs on Instagram. So hearing people actually like listening to us and understand what we're doing and not taking sides and being assholes, <laughs> you know, that, that's what we're here for. So with that, I'm going to go right into my thorn. This was an absolute roller coaster of a I review. know which one you're going to do. Yeah. One star titled Housewives versus Under 40 Shows. They are very fair when it comes to housewife shows, which are all women cast, and they do a good job being flexible in their opinions as new information arrives. Okay, Thank starting you. off good. The male and female cast lack balanced opinions. The boys, Sandoval, Schwartz, Kyle, Craig, have historically received a pass... While the women are always held accountable by castmates, the public, and these podcasts. We are aware that all cast members have positive and negative attributes. They make mistakes that we all pick apart, but there's an unconscious bias when covering the women in under 40 shows. What in the world? I, I, I can go on, honestly, but the rest of it is just bullshit.
1: The fact that it's longer than that, one, is already an issue. Two... When have we been nice about the dudes? We took Craig to task for an entire season just of Southern Charm. Again, it's like you—you you feel the need to put a review down. You can't just listen to like
0: one show and just pick one thing out. And a good I, it point. also doesn't make any sense because they're saying that we're giving Sandoval, Schwartz, Kyle, and Craig a pass. Out of the three of them, we've probably gone after Kyle the least. I would say that, and yeah. it's really just because, like, yeah, yeah, his behavior is inexcusable certain times towards women, and we. We'll condemn him for that. We did condemn when him When it happened. That. Craig, we ripped apart because he was just being a drunk asshole. For and he a was Winterhouse. Like Winterhouse. For Winterhouse, yeah, yeah, Summerhouse, yeah. and even for Southern Charm. Like, we ripped Craig apart. Schwartz and Sandoval. Self-explanatory. We've, we've, we've kicked in the face. I said last week that Schwartz deserves to get punched in the face. I clipped it. I don't think that that's a pass. <laughs> that's certainly not a pass. I mean, for I guess me. if you want me to say like I'm going to get on a plane tomorrow and go punch him in the face myself, then maybe that's what you want. But I'm not going to do that because threatening violence is wrong.
1: Yeah, he meant a metaphorical punch.
0: Metaphorical punch, a hypothetical
1: fist. closed fist if you will. Yeah, sure. But th- that was just
0: really funny. I mean, it was a roller coaster. It started off so well because it's like, just... yeah, they they wait and they form their opinions. Yes, we do.
1: Look, and that, here's the thing, like when it comes to the Constructive criticism in reviews, I'll actually like pay attention to someone. And be like, oh, maybe you know, I'll, I'll take that to heart. Maybe yeah. we could do better there. Like, uh, I have no issue with people saying, "Hey, I didn't love this." And I'm like, oh, okay, let uh, looks, let's look inward a little bit. But that one, I don't. But if they're just, like, track. categorically wrong... It doesn't track, because, like, we've, we've literally talked nothing but
0: shit. And I guess, like, bombs. look, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt with, like, Craig and Kyle, because we haven't really gone after them recently, but recently. there hasn't been much to go after. Like, Craig has been on the show a little bit in Summer House. He's been fine this year. Right, so we don't have and anything at the to end say. Of Southern Charm, he was okay. Kyle's been okay for the last couple episodes. But Schwartz and Sandoval, like, that's what I just don't understand. And maybe... Interesting. I, I just, You know what? I'm not even going to put my head in that headspace because that person sucks. <laughs> so here's a good one though. We got a uh, DM on Twitter. This one comes from, Oh, please shut up. I don't know.
1: You know, whatever. Great start. Great start.
0: Uh, well, that's not the name of the review, which no, is-
1: no, 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 the, the name. I like yes. the name.
0: Uh, hey, I started listening to you all since Scandaval was exposed. I just wanted to say it's refreshing to hear a man's point of view about our favorite Bravo reality shows. I think it's dope that you two break down shows as men it's an interesting, cool perspective. Thank you for being a fresh voice. Continue to produce great content. To the women, we finally get to hear how men view the Bravo verse. It's not mansplaining. It's literally their POV. It's not going to be how we, as women, think and see. Keep an open mind. I like that. I would like to get that tattooed on my ass. I, say I'm less. Say. I'll go with you. Yeah.
1: I'll go with you. So we can go right part, now.
0: You get the second part, and then we'll put our ass cheeks together sometime. And we'll eh, just...
1: I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> it was cool for a little bit. You lost me there. But... uh I like that. That's... You know what? And we talk about it probably too much just because we, we got a lot of the same kind of reviews after we went after Lala that yep. That one week. Um, oh, that was included in the uh, Thorn, was by it? the way. It's <laughs> a yeah, like see, way down, like in so the like, third or fourth paragraph. That was the caveat for a lot of hate because there's a lot of Lala fans out there. But, you know, I... I didn't rescind it, but I did explain my stance where it's like, it's not Lala hate. It's more just like she could have handled things way better and she didn't. And that was frustrating for me to watch.
0: I think that people are just pissed that like in that review, that person said that we go after Lala more than Scandal or Skandoval, Jesus, Sandoval. And I mean, it's just,
1: first off, it's just not true. Second of but off, we're also looking at it through the lens of like we're following the show as yes. it's happening. We're trying not to use the hindsight. Which train.
0: other people aren't doing. And like that's the reason that we're doing it is because everybody's just jumping to that point, And it's like, all right, what's the point in us watching this show right now?
1: Right. If we're going to. You know,
0: I understand the context clues and looking it out, but like overanalyzing things that are on TV that no one else really picked up until, you know, this week, really. Yeah. It's hard to do, and also, what's the point in enjoying the show and watching it if we're not going to talk about what's currently on the screen in front of us? Like, yes, we know what he gets to eventually, and we will talk about it at great lengths, as we did in the beginning of the scandal. Yeah. So this middle, middle part,
1: we're just saving our energy to we're, go after him when we see it. We're almost there, too, yeah. so buckle up. We're, like, literally getting to it. Yep. And with that, let's talk about the news real quick, just a quick touch. We already did the Louie thing. Roni, is coming back. We got an official word, I think July 17th.
0: That sounds right.
1: And I think they're, I was confused because they're airing it the same night as Atlanta, but I didn't know if that meant both are premiering the same night. No, no, no. no. Uh, Atlanta premieres on May 7th. And they're just going to roll. It so is this Sunday. It is this Sunday. Oh, wow. We got to do a show to watch. All right, cool. I got to do some research. But um, so I guess it airs the same night as Atlanta's airing on I the 17th. I think that's probably
0: going to be. Would that make sense for? No, that would be like mid-season for Atlanta. No, July. Yeah, no, that's probably the end of the season for Atlanta.
1: No, because if it starts in May, June, July. Oh, I guess it's two, two months. months. Yeah, it'll be close. It'll be. It'll probably, it'll towards probably the reunion. be the,
0: the season finale, and then reunion will be uh, like, I mean, that two makes two weeks sense. weeks removed or whatever. So yeah, that that makes sense for them to kind of put it on the heels of Atlanta, which means I look. The way I took it was, we don't really know what we're going to get into with Rony. We've heard issues we've heard castmates falling out we've heard a lot of things going on over there we're keeping an open mind but the way that i view that is actually good for atlanta meaning that bravo thinks that this is going to be a really good season for atlanta because they wouldn't put roni right after atlanta trying to bump they're trying to bump the ratings and i think that bravo thinks they have something good with atlanta and atlanta is a really good franchise it's like
1: we've looked before one of the top rated franchises so we nothing but good reviews from yeah. people i've talked to they're always like why didn't you do atlanta we're like we didn't know
0: <laughs> we honestly didn't know we were like beverly hills that's like the star-studded cast we're really excited to get into it and then six years later oh my god that yeah, season wow. dude
1: um but i'm excited to get into both of them i'm going to challenge us both and challenge our listeners and the audience at large go into roni without missing the old cast you can't go into this expecting dorinda and luann and sonia and all of that stuff because you're not going to get it and you're only going to be disappointed immediately you have to have a fresh perspective bravo's taking a new approach to it and we want it to work right we're not rooting for shit to fail here yeah so don't go into it with like an anger chip on your shoulder hoping that it either lives up to old roni or is similar to old Rony, or that you were like, just, I don't like any of these women because they're not Luann. Like, yeah,
0: I mean, look, you're you're going to have a really bad Bravo summer if you don't go into Rony with an open opinion. I agree. I think I it's mean, important. Atlanta's going to end around then. I assume Beverly Hills will start a little after that, maybe. And like OC, who the hell knows what's going to happen with OC? I haven't heard anything except for Tamar coming back. Yeah. And then obviously, and Vicky. With like Vicky. And yeah, whatever. So that could be really bad. But again, Keep an open mind. Open mind. See what happens. Otherwise, you're not going to have a fun summer.
1: Yeah, we want to have fun summers. Yeah. You know, summer should be fun, as Shooter said so eloquently a few weeks ago. Yep. But the last thing we're going to talk about, Dodie went on Watch What Happens Live last night, and for all intents and purposes, or intensive purposes, purposes, um, she crushed it. She was uh, really funny. She was pointed. She pulled back on a lot of the stuff that she was kind of known for back in the day, which makes sense. She's been off the show for a little bit. Mm -hmm. She also was like, you know what? I'm 40 now. Like, I don't want to get into this shit like I used to, but yeah, we got Dodie, guys. We got Dodie. Yeah, let's just keep it Uh, simple. We're interviewing her tonight, Thursday night at 7 p.m., so I'm really, really excited to talk to her. She is one of Dev's all-time favorite Bravo personalities ever, and she got booted from the show a couple of years back. Which I'm sure we'll get into that with her tonight, but um, mark your your alerts, turn on your notifications for podcasts because that interview is going to drop within the next 48 hours.
0: Yeah, and make sure after you listen to it, give us five stars. Five stars. You no, know
1: what? You know what? Well, I'm not going to tell people what the rate is. I think that's you know.
0: I am yeah, five well, stars
1: only. Knock it off. I will say, please. To anybody listening, if you go on YouTube, if you are a YouTube subscriber to anything, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're trying to bump it up. We're trying to get on there more. I think that we could have a better YouTube presence.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: So give us some subscribes. That's a hard word for me to say. Subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe to the YouTube. (laughs) But let's get into... One of the most difficult episodes of TV I've ever watched in my life, and that's saying a lot, but Vanderpump this week was genuinely difficult to sit through because of how sweet Ariana is, how nice and concerned she is about Raquel and Raquel's well-being and how she's finding herself and she's proud of her and she's having emotional heart-to-hearts with her. And we know while this is all happening, that yeah. she's currently having an affair with Sandoval.
0: It, it's rough. I mean, it's rough for two reasons. The first reason is you had just watched BPR today. And then right afterwards, the Jax and Brittany thing popped up. And right now, Jax is staring at me and I really feel uncomfortable.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey.
0: Um, <laughs> I hate every second of it. But we have seen over the last couple of weeks, like there has been. sort of you know not really a movement just more like you know obviously a lot of focus on sandoval like you're a piece of shit go away like we don't want to hear from you you're just making excuses blah 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 and there's been some moments where you're like wow Raquel's just completely fucking lost she can't find her way whatever this week you see her point blank talking to ariana you see Uh, her tell everybody that she's around with schwartz and sheena and brock and ariana and tom I'm just with my people right now. I feel oh, so nice. God. And it's like, dude, that, now we've attacked Sandoval for being a, a piece of shit. You are now, yeah, fine, everybody called her a piece of shit anyway and called her Rachel, whatever. But there were some times where you're like, you know what, she just lost her way. Like Which, we sucks. pulled we back a little help, bit. Whatever, we pulled back a little bit. Now it's just full bore. Like, no, 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 no. no. You like, can't. This is brutal to watch. It's really, really tough to watch. I liked what they did in the beginning with the, you know, the rewinds and stuff, you know, just trying to track where we were. I did too. Um, and just kind of how people were hearing about this and kind of just uncovering it. Well, how did, well let's, let's talk about
1: how it was uncovered that she slept over at Sandoval's.
0: Yeah. We talked about this last week too, because we only got the snippet. Yeah. But we knew right away, like Lisa told Ken, like, hey, go to the other room real quick. Walk in with the dog. Gather yourself. Drop the bomb and then walk away and don't answer any follow-up questions. How many takes did that take?
1: Over <laughs> under know. over I don't under five. know, because
0: I don't think that Katie's like a good actor and she seemed genuinely shocked when Ken said that. That's a... I really think that maybe they practiced
1: just Lisa and Ken. Oh, for sure, yeah. without a like, doubt. How are you going to He do walked this? in, he was quite clearly rehearsing lines. Like oh, he, he was, was on going a B-line to that
0: spot, talking, and then out.
1: Yeah, you're going to enter stage right, Ken. You're going to walk up, to this mark on the floor, you're going to say your line, don't forget the last part about the jacuzzi, and then leave. And he literally stutters on jacuzzi. He's like, and they were in the j- You see him kind of gather himself. He's like, the jacuzzi together. like wanted like to say jacuzzi. The- <laughs> he was in the jacuzzi. <laughs> you're not in the jacuzzi. <laughs> then he grabs the dog and bounces. So yep. clearly, you don't have a dog in this fight. No pun intended, but you just wanted to drop the bomb, walk away because Lisa told you to, which I love. I love incorporating Ken into it. But we get that whole kind of people were calling it La La and Order, which I thought was kind of funny, like that La La La, and Order rewind. But and she's breaking it down. And the whole thing, all I could do was watch Sandoval when they FaceTimed. And you see, he's such a weasel and you can. Swarming. Yeah. And like now that we know, we can look at it through that lens. Obviously, you can't not look at it through that lens. And like we can kind of drop the hindsight card now because we're getting into when things are starting to happen. So yep. we, can, we can now speak of it from a current standpoint. Watching him like try to spin this web of lies and the amount of times that this motherfucker said dipped out between this and his conversation later about the party of for Labor Day, he yep. uses dipped out again. He's clearly rehearsed these stories in his head multiple times, but he's so full of shit and he's got so many irons in the fire, he can't keep track. So he's losing kind of his way and he's also getting sloppy. Like well, the can... crazy thing is,
0: uh, uh, I mean, a couple of things. One, all of this is kind of coming out slowly, right? And yeah. it, its I assume it's September because we're talking about Labor Day. Okay. So we'll call it
1: late September, maybe early October, whatever. I mean, Labor Day is early September, so it's either late August or early September. Well, if he was at a Labor Day party. Right. Oh, okay. I don't know so how, 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 after, how long after. ago all it right, was. Yep. blah. blah so we're it, mid to late September.
0: Blues, but but yeah, so like, with that happening, I, I saw something that, that said that Sheena didn't really think or understand that it was even happening until January.
1: Yeah, I know. I saw that, too. So
0: we're watching this, and look, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Lala is suspicious in September. We, we I didn't get anything until, nope. what,
1: March, I guess, yep. is probably when we first heard. So, And look, she's a good six, seven months ahead. And I need to go on record saying, because I was given a lot of shit about her jumped on the hindsight train, fully, fully re- rebuke that. Is sure. that right? Uh, I, look, I take it back. All right. Yeah. She clearly had some inklings. She clearly was questioning things right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. We will always admit when we are wrong. I clearly hadn't seen this episode yet, but she did. She was suspicious. She called it out. She said why. She had evidence. She had reasons. She had arguments as to why. She is right. I was wrong. I'm saying that right now. So watching her kind of break it all down to James. This is where it gets so interesting. And this is where you see the dynamic of the group and kind of how they look at Tom and Ariana. She explains this to James, her confidant, her buddy, her like, arguably her soulmate, whether it's intimate or not. Like, yeah. those two are always going to be connected on some different level, which is fine. In the seventh house of the moon. In the seventh house of the Aquarius moon on a Tuesday. Yep. But when James is talking to her, he is still trying to defend Sandoval. Mm-hmm. He's like, we were just smoking together and like, you know, we we're just shooting the shit and like, I heard like, oh, Katie knew like, oh, my God. But at no point does he say like, yeah, that's shady. He instead is like trying to come up with reasons why it's not shady until he ends it with. Oh, man, like what a mess. I think it's I kind think of he's setting still in. so stuck
0: on the Schwartz thing. And with the Schwartz being there and after seeing them, Raquel and Schwartz hook up in Mexico, I think that with James specifically, like he obviously is still working through his issues with Raquel, which we continue to see. And I think he's just so fixated on the Schwartz and Raquel thing that he's like, oh, the three of them were there. Like, if anything, he's probably pissed off that Sandoval was helping Schwartz hook up with Raquel. And that's probably yeah. where his mind was. And he was fixated on it. Whereas Lala seeing way more bigger picture.
1: Yeah, she and was. It's,
0: it's on the heels of hearing that Raquel and Sandoval were dancing at the Abbey like maybe a week or two ago. Yeah, so-, so things are turning. And my biggest takeaway, like, yes, we can kind of hone in on. Uh, sandoval on facetime calling lisa vanderpump dude over and over again because he was panicking panicking and you can do that all you want and obviously he's lying and he's really 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 bad at
1: lying he's terrible at lying for someone that lies about everything he sucks at
0: it yeah and my biggest thing here is we didn't find out that or news didn't really break until march right so there's a good six seven month gap in there and we know how they picked up cameras and rolled again and whatever but if you're Bravo producers and this is starting towards the end of your filming, like towards the end of the season, and people are kind of putting pieces together. How do you not think of that? Like, how was the season going to end?
1: Are we going to see that? I think that from... Just the clips and the trailers, what we're going to get is the separation of Tom and Ariana. I think we're getting the moment where everything is just done. He... So it's just going to jump in time. I uh, obviously. So. I mean, it did I, jump in time. I, but I like, think it's going to do like, like I'm wondering, four like, weeks he, later.
0: I'm like, wondering what the original plan is because we're sitting here in September and like they got to be finishing up at some point soon. Yeah. How was the season originally supposed to end I before bet... this happens? Like when all of this is like kind of coming together, like if you're a profit producer, you're like. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, there's something here. We like, we're watching all of this. We're watching everybody's takes on it. We know what's going on. Like, now they know what's going on. But like, you, you kind of have to be smart and be like, "There's something here. Let's try to dig at this." And I wonder where they were originally going to go. Were they just going to leave it as a cliffhanger?
1: Well, that we've been doing this for a while. And I think, thinking from a producer standpoint, here's what I think they would have done. They would have hit it with a heavy cliffhanger. Yeah. Given us, um some news drops leading up to the reunion and boosted reunion numbers by infinity because they would leave it on cheating rumors of Ariana and Tom. Right, right. And then we'd get the answers at the reunion and it, had they not gotten caught, it would have been Sandoval just defending himself like a piece of shit. Yeah, like we got to find out like how they were caught. Right. How everything happens. And I think and- we'll, we'll find out all that, but I do think it's going to be like a four weeks later and like kind of catching up yep. with everybody. That would make the most sense to me. But ending that scene with Lala and James she brings up a really good point. She says, the last time I heard Tom talk about this, or talk like this about a woman, was how he would talk about Ariana to Kristen yep. and to the group, and it flashes back, and it's pretty much verbatim the kind of shit he's saying about Raquel later this episode, like going to war for her, and like jumping up and throwing his arms all over the place and like yelling on her behalf. That's the same kind of shit he was doing about Ariana back in the day, so... What we see with this guy is just patterns. It's all patterns. And if you put the patterns together, you see this is not a man that's going through some shit. This is not a man that hit a midlife crisis. This is a man that's calculated, narcissistic, selfish, self-indulgent, and all he wants to do is come out of this looking okay. He could give a fuck about Ariana. He could give a fuck about Raquel. He could give a fuck about anybody else in his life. His only sole concern is how do I get out of this looking okay and that is proof in his Instagram stories where he's going on some bullshit healing journey right now. He's taking videos climbing mountains like anybody looking at his page gives a fuck. He's making bracelets for paparazzi because it's only friends right now. This guy needs to sail off into the sunset, sink his fucking boat, and never come back.
0: All right. That's a... I haven't had a good rant in a drastic change from me wanting Schwartz to get punched in the face last
1: week. Now you're wishing him to sink a boat. I don't know. Um, I didn't say die. I said sink the (laughs) boat and disappear. What happens to him after the boat's gone is up to him. Bermuda Triangle, maybe? Yeah. Um, Get lost in the Bermuda Triangle, you douche nozzle.
0: No, I mean, it's just... You can see, you kind of get a little bit of an insight into their relationship. And, you know, he's trying to paint a picture. And we can see it in real time when he's talking to his friends. And it's just not fucking working. Because anybody with a brain realizes, dude,
1: your girlfriend, your... You know, probably life partner that you're planning with. No, no, not probably life partner. That is your life partner. You have a house, a business, a life together. That is until your they're life like partner. engaged and
0: married and stuff, I with Sandoval or with anybody in this group, honestly. Okay. I'm not gonna call it anything. All right. So but her fucking grandmom just died. Like the dog died and you left her alone. Her grandmom dies. You know what? Leave her alone. It doesn't make any sense. Like you're being an absolute shit partner, Mm -hmm. especially when you've shown early in the relationship, before you guys even started dating, three years before you even started dating, you felt like you needed to be there for her for another family funeral. Now you're living together. Now you've been together for seven years. You're sharing a life with this person and you're not going to go to her grandmother's funeral instead. It's look, it's one thing if you had to stay home because you had to work or whatever and you legitimately worked. You're working at opening your stupid fucking restaurant that's never going to open, which eventually did, and sucks. You are partying. You are going to a Labor Day party. You hear that her grandmom died, and you don't fucking leave. I don't know how many more times that we can say it, but this dude is like the epitome of
1: a piece of shit. Yeah, and I, the only thing I was interjecting with was he didn't miss the funeral. He just missed the, uh, the day of, not defending him. It was still a piece of shit move, but yeah. he, when she passed away, she found out the news. She's sitting at home alone. He's at a Labor Day party. Had a chance to leave with Jason, doesn't leave with Jason, says he was taking a shit and didn't know Jason left, and then he gets caught in a lie later. But what I was going to say is- So
0: how hard is it to get a fucking Uber in LA? I
1: I don't know. I I, assume every car is an Uber in LA. That's what I would assume too, but this is a good way to do this. Let's just break it down instead of going scene by scene. Let's talk about the shit that was said that is just looking back now through the lens of we know what's happening. Like, holy shit, this scene really sucks. Mm -hmm. So the first one I want to talk about, obviously we've talked about the sleepover thing, that gets squashed pretty quick because Ariana's so trusting. But when they're glamping together, Raquel makes it a point almost to be like buddy-buddy with Ariana, which is just bizarre behavior to me. I don't understand why you feel the need to like get closer to the person that you're fucking over. But the first one I want to discuss is Sheena and Ariana are talking during the glamping and Ariana defends Raquel. And she says she's one of the sweetest, kindest, most loyal friends I have. Yikes. It's it's so upsetting to watch because she's just a trusting person with her friends. She would never expect sweet, doughy-eyed Raquel to be this conniving, evil person.
0: I honestly really thought that the worst comment that we were going to get, which is still up there was Sheena last week saying that she would trust for Cal and Brock in bed together. Yeah, I know. Like, I thought that one was going to be the worst, but this whole episode was just trying to top that, essentially. It was uncomfortable.
1: When I get confused is the next thing I want to discuss is Schwartz is like, oh, well, she's got to type Brock, Tom, like, men that are taken. It's like, Mm -hmm. doesn't Schwartz know? Is he just so uncomfortable with this knowledge that he needs to, like, say something? I think he said...
0: Now, if you want to take him for his word, which would be stupid, I think he also said that he didn't know until, like, December. Yeah. So it's a couple months later. But, but like still, man. they're just ignoring the signs, either because they don't want to believe it or because they're just, like, petrified to address it because of they what's going, going on. And they know up. what happens with Sandoval. Like, even the idea that he was with Raquel, like, that is such, like, a true thing. He's at the Abbey with Raquel at one AM and somebody just goes, Yeah, we just thought it was kind of weird. You can do that if you're completely innocent, just do it in a calm manner and be like, no, there was a bunch of us there. Like there's a lot of us there and like you know what? Like yeah, the optics kind of suck. Like, good luck. Maybe in the future about that. But the fact that you blow up and freak out and stand up Sketchy. You're so like theatrical about it.
1: The fact that everybody in the room doesn't go, What the fuck was that? This is weird. But what really gets me and was the most upsetting part of this episode is watching Raquel's confessionals after she says things like, this is my, my people, my friend group, my like pretty much my chosen family. And I'm so grateful to have you guys in my life. And like, I've found myself and I'm going through all these things, but I'm so happy that I have this crew. You're saying that in a confessional after the fact, while you're actively banging Ariana's dude, like Mm -hmm. that's crazy, crazy unacceptable, unforgivable behavior that you can sit there and in hindsight, she is in hindsight saying still, like, these are my peeps. It's like, but you just banged Tom probably that week before you went clamping with with Ariana. Most likely, yeah. She starts talking about the pageant shit and this makes it even worse. It's almost like she, she wanted to implode because she's talking about how she's not in the pageant life anymore and like her reputation doesn't matter anymore and it's like, clearly you really ran with that one yeah you, you took the no one's like looking at me through a microscope so i'm going off the rails in every aspect of my life and here's the thing that we tried to not do for an extended period of time what we don't want to do is sit here and crucify a woman for doing a lot of sketchy things that a lot of the dudes have done on the show as well we're not overlooking that we're not trying to pinpoint anything here we're just simply saying if you look at this from a lens of She is defending this behavior. She is going rah-rah bullshit for her friends and how much she's grateful for Ariana. Meanwhile, she's having sex with Tom. So, like, there's no other way to cut it. She sucks.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, there really is no other way to say it. Like you said, like it was one of the most difficult episodes to watch because of all of this, because what we know, because of the hindsight, and it's just really tough when somebody who's the victim in all of this and Ariana is sitting there saying she trusts her implicitly and she's part of my family. And I just like, she even defends to the point where she's opening a business with Katie yeah, and Raquel and she, or I guess it was just Sheena and Ariana talking about Katie. Now, obviously we know how Sheena feels about Katie and Ariana agrees with Sheena. She's like, you know what? I know how Katie can be. And maybe she did just say that. And she just kind of left it there. And that's, that's not the truth. We're not, we don't have an open relationship. But I can see Katie saying that. And you know what? She really hates Raquel. So I understand why she's trying to push this. It's so fucking tough to watch. So it feels hard so bad for Ariana. Because she has had one of the most, even without the Sandoval shit, she's had a really tough year. She's had a fucking
1: horrible her year. Her grandmother friend, died. Her, her dog, dog died. passed
0: away. Her grandmom dies. She loves her grandma. And then you throw this on top she of everything. She says
1: in a confessional, I'm really struggling. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yep. That's the other thing here, too, that I want to talk about. Then we can move on to uh, Summerhouse on behalf of Katie. And you know, I'm not a big Katie fan, but like the amount that they're glossing over what Schwartz and Raquel did and trying to defend, like they're divorced. It's not a big deal. It's like, it's a huge fucking deal. It's really, really mean. That whole thing was really mean. Everyone's trying to belittle the impact of it. Like they were married. They were they were together for like 12 years. And the wound is still fresh. And a person inside of the friend group, someone that you go to dinner with, someone that you wanted to invite on trips with, made out with your ex husband. That's fucking atrocious. And it seems to be so glossed over. Like, Tom Schwartz, you can't go up to Katie and expect her to be like, oh, rah, rah, whatever, and like get over it. It's not your place to say that, you dipshit. Back the fuck off. Stop playing the nice guy puppy dog routine that you're somehow the victim here because she's not getting over it. And understand the fact you did something wrong. All of these fucking dumb, stupid Vanderpump dudes need to just realize, hey, guys, we fucked up a lot. We did a lot of stupid shit. And maybe, just fucking maybe, we should get off our high horse, get our heads out of our ass, and stop jerking each other off. I don't think you're going to get that. (sighs)
0: And that takes us into Summer House, which has, honestly, it's been getting better, as promised, by Carl himself.
1: Credit where credit's due, Carl did tell us, and you know what? It's gotten infinitely better since we talked to Carl.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's completely all the annoying shit, aside from Danielle, that we were bitching about in the beginning of the season. It looks like Carl and Kyle are good friends again. Yep. He's actually happy for him, as we get to see kind of Carl going through. The routine which ends up with him having very high blood pressure and stressed out and he has, has a panic hospital attack. he has a full-on panic attack so there's a lot going on here that i'm just happy that he has a good support group like we see him at um sierra's party celebrating one year in new york which yep. was fun and i i really like who sierra's become as well i love sierra this season yeah she's really coming to her own and a lot of that has to do with her just kind of finding her way through new york and finding her way through friendships and stuff so that was really nice to see. We always like to see the wholesome moments on these shows. I'm
1: ready for a Sierra Love interest.
0: Yeah, as long as it's not Austin, I'm fine. No, with it. no, no.
1: You know no. I, mean? it doesn't need to, I want somebody new, somebody that's actually like a decent human being. And like, I want to see that aspect of her life. I'm ready for yeah. that.
0: No, and, and we've talked about it before. Like, we like seeing them in the city as well. Like, yeah. if they could show us a little bit more of that on their day to day stuff, I think that it would kind of lessen the blow because. We want them to just party all the time in the Hamptons. And when there's downtime there, we get upset and we Mm -hmm. get restless. So show us their life during the week because we know that like they talk about doing stuff during the week. Show us a little bit of that and we'll be okay. But we get to see Carl kind of confiding in Chris and Kyle about his engagement. And I think he made the right move. And I want to hear what you have to say. I think he made the right move keeping other people in the dark. And we get to kind of see how Danielle feels about that, being other people in the house. But honestly, like when it comes to an engagement, if you want it to be a fucking surprise and you want other people to be surprised about it, I don't really hate
1: this move. It's absolutely nobody else's business. Yep, It's 100% whatever the person proposing wants to do. That's what you should do. It is not something you need to confide in specific people about. If he told the dudes, it's probably because it came up somehow. Like, obviously, he's going to tell Kyle. Yep. Kyle's his best friend. Kyle's his business partner at that point. Like, Kyle also has a lot invested in this relationship because of the turmoil, because of what they've gone through trying to discuss, like, Kyle's feelings about Lindsay and Amanda's feelings about Lindsay. Like, in order to bridge the gap and become friends again, like, these are the kind of comments and, like, conversations you'll have with them. Like, hey, man, I'm doing it. I'm going to pull the trigger. Just so he can see, like, hey, Kyle, are you on my team? And sure enough, whether Kyle agreed with it or not, he did what a friend does. He said, you know what, man? I'm so happy for you. Gave him a hug, pat on the ass. Go get him, Tiger. That's what you're supposed to do. Instead, what we get out of Danielle is she cries. First of all, first of all, she has the audacity to belittle the engagement, say it's too fast, scream into a pillow when he says that he's looking at rings. And then she thinks she's going to get included in the planning. Yeah, that was wild to me that she is going to
0: stomp around, scream into a pillow, not even talk to Lindsay. Why would Carl, in his right mind, want Danielle to be part of that? Why would he let her in on that? She clearly doesn't agree with the relationship. She's not supporting them. She freaked out when he said that he was looking at rings. If you're Carl, that's the right move. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm not going to include this person because as soon as I say, Well, actually, I'm planning on proposing to her over Labor Day weekend. I'd really like you to be a part of it. After all the behavior that Danielle has shown, what do you think her reaction is going to be? She's going to say no. She's going to say, I think it's too fast. I just don't know what to do. And it's going to make Carl feel like shit. So instead, Carl does the right thing and completely closes her out because he doesn't need that negativity. Absolutely Clearly, we see they're at a concert. He has a panic attack because he's freaking out about doing this. And he's really in his own head. He needs outlets that are going to support him, like Kyle. Yep. Chris is obviously included because he's a photographer. Fine. He's probably talking to his family about it, but he needs to be able to talk to somebody about it that's going to support him. And Danielle has shown zero support the entire time and made everything completely about herself. So why the fuck would you expect to be included in any of that and then get so butthurt about it later? That you
1: I, cry.
0: I understand, crying. and like I, I can dabble a little bit in this, like, The next week where we get to see Robert sitting down with Carl. Oh, don't get me fucking started about that. I know. But that actually, like, the only aspect of the whole thing was Danielle feels like you just kind of referred to her as a housemate. In this moment, you know what? Maybe Robert hasn't been around and maybe Danielle is sugarcoating things. But that is wild to me that you're going to make you've made the whole relationship about yourself. If you're Danielle, I didn't expect it to go this fucking far. But here we are, and I'm happy that he did it on a weekend. Good for him. He had a quick turnaround. He was in the hospital Friday morning. They came Friday night. I did not expect any of that, but you know what? Plans are plans. You got to make sure you go through with it. And I'm sure he was like, I will feel a lot better after this happens. sure. And he planned it on Labor Day weekend when everybody's going to be there. Everybody's hanging around. And it was a nice thing. It was really good to see everybody being supportive. Sans Danielle. Well,
1: that's the crazy thing. You're going to cry, dude, because you're not involved in somebody else's engagement. How selfish can you be? And I know we're going to talk about it next week when it actually happens. But the fact that Robert sat down with Carl to be like, hey, man, she really didn't appreciate this. One, we've already seen how Danielle relays the conversations that have been had with the friends in the group. Like yeah, how she talks. She makes herself as the victim all the time. Every single time. So, you know, the narrative she's spinning to Robert is incorrect. Second, Robert, who the fuck are you? Where have you been? You don't know what's going on. You don't get to be the knight in shining armor and come onto the show for a fucking day and be like, hey, Carl, I need to have a man to man with you. If he walked up to me in a similar situation to try to talk to me like that, at your engagement party, at my engagement party, Not a moment the moment that's supposed to be happy for me. Yep. I would have laughed at him, told him to go fuck himself and kicked him out of the party. Yes. Like Carl did an even better job because he just gets up and leads the conversation seemingly. That's what we're going to get next week. But I would be infuriated. And yeah. you, like, I, I can't even imagine somebody taking the time on my engagement party to come up to me and tell me that they took an issue with something. I'd be like, dude, I have an issue with the fact that I have to deal with your girlfriend shit every weekend. I mean, you're fucking MIA. You're in the city cooking. You're in goddamn Colorado, and then you're going to come up to me and tell me what's up? Robert, take your spatula and fuck off, buddy. You're going to say shove it up your ass. Nah, it's too harsh. Is it? But no,
0: I mean, like we do, it's just wild to me, and we get to see all of this, and we've kind of been piecing things together week by week, formulating an opinion based on what we see. Yeah. And at some points in time, we've agreed with, Lindsay. Some points in time, we've been like, you know what? Lindsay's being a little too harsh. She needs to chill out and just let things happen. Carl has kind of not said the right thing in certain situations. Yeah. Now, as we can see, we are firmly on the side of Lindsay and Carl because this is supposed to be a happy moment for them. And somebody is making it all about themselves. They're being incredibly negative. And you get to see like the people that love the chaos in the house, like Paige, like Amanda. You see them kind of agree with Danielle They're like, oh, yeah, no after
1: like it is crazy
0: because those same people will also congratulate Carl and Lindsay,
1: which, which is a whole different issue. But and we don't have time for that one. No, but you know what I do want to highlight because this is what I took away from the actual engagement moment when they got engaged. They'd been engaged for 30 seconds before Lindsay even thought about the ring. She mm-hmm. didn't give two shits what was in that box. and I was like, wow, dude. That was a cool moment because like she was so happy and excited she clearly knew what was happening like when she's walking up to the thing. she's like, "Should I stand up or I don't think she did oh uh, see, I think she totally knew oh, did you okay, yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, she totally
0: knew, but we're going to talk about a moment in Jersey where uh yeah, whatever, but in this moment, I honestly did think like I thought it was really funny. I thought it was a really well laid plan it was, and I was like, "Wait what, they're getting ready." to go get firewood like obviously like you want to make sure that the person you're being engaged to is you know in a nice dress for pictures and they look really happy and nice and when she's walking up i'm like oh she's gonna figure it out she's gonna figure it out and instead carl really did a good job of selling it and he's like we haven't really had a moment away let's just sit down and we'll have a nice little you know a cheese board some food and we get to just sit by ourselves and talk i honestly really didn't think the Lindsay saw it coming
1: oh well i did but Okay. Um, my point was, I thought it was a beautiful moment that she was just excited to be engaged to her best friend. She didn't care what was yep. in the box. It could have been a small yeah, that ring is, or a big ring, but we She love was, the beautiful moments. Just excited, and They're I was big so happy. Softies. Yeah, I'm a big softy, and I was like, "Wow, this is really sweet." And then I'm they not a big softie, and I thought that was sweet. Yeah, yeah. I, that's true. Maybe this is softening you up a little bit. Fuck no, <laughs> but hey, congratulations to them. I posted on our Instagram, like, babe. In, like, big capital letters with yeah. like over their post. And Carl uh, messaged us back and said, thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> and that takes us to Roan J. And uh, a lot happened, but not a lot happened. Because a lot happened within a short amount of time. But overall in the episode, it was relatively mild. Um, but we're going to start out with Danielle's with her mom. Her mom is awesome. Love Danielle's mom. But she kind of recaps everything that happened in Ireland and she had a horrible trip. Like she she talks about it, like everyone else, like, oh my God, it was beautiful. It was so much fun. And it cut to Danielle and she's like, This sucked. All of it sucked. Yep. I don't know who my friends are. Fuda is two faced and I don't know which way is up pretty much. But it sets the table once again for we're gonna see, I think, and I think the show's trying to push it in that direction of a changing of the guard. We need two new people to feud and I think they're fueling that fire of the Fuda versus Danielle yeah. narrative. But we cut to Fuda, and I don't want to take away from what she's doing because adopting her stepson, I think, is an incredible thing. Mm-hmm. The timing of it is precarious to me. you think that she just did it for the show? I... To have a storyline? I think so. I'm okay. just going to I
0: agree. That. I, I personally found the... Actual scene kind of hard to watch because if you notice, John Fuda doesn't say a word really the entire time. And it's really just Rachel. And we've seen her kind of drag Jaden's actual mom before. And then again, she's just like talking and talking and talking. John, like this is a woman that you had a baby with. You know her better than Rachel does, obviously. Step in and just be like, you know what? Just give us something. You one know what I mean? Like, I don't even, I'm not even going to tell you which way to go. But you need to just go a certain way. Something and be like, you know what? May- and you know, maybe you can't reach out to her. Maybe she won't return your calls, whatever. But at least offer it and be like, you know, I can try to
1: step in and just see what's going to happen. Like, There's a couple of things I take away from. I don't think you're wrong at all. I also think that by him not stepping in and saying one way or another, like, yeah, if his mom is an absolute train wreck and like mm-hmm. has not been there ever and has no bearing on Jaden's life at all. I want to know that so that I can look at Fuda talking about it from that vantage point. of Like, okay, she stepped in, stepped up, which is what I think happened. I think so, yeah. But this is what bugs me, is it leaves room for speculation on what their relationship was. Like, we don't know the mom. I'm not defending the mom, but I don't know. Like, I want to know, okay, well, what happened? Like, Mm -hmm. why is she not in the picture? I just think that, yeah, it's okay if we need
0: to have, like, kind of like a, a bit of information just a little but i don't need the dragging i don't need all the issues like i feel like that was the main focal point for all of this instead of somebody like it should be a really happy time of being like you know what i really hope that she gets on board we can talk to her or try to figure this out in a it's way a that different approach that makes like yeah instead you're just like she hasn't been around and you're just trashing her to this person who has already told you the law it's the law. Like, it's not going to change because you decide to trash this person. Like yeah. She hasn't been part of his life. Like, I raised him like, okay, lady, I still have to do my she job. Needs to do. This yeah. is how this works. Like, you know what? If you want to go and get in the car and talk to John about this and then get a good, like, dialogue going with him. That's what that's I need. That's fine. That's what I need. I don't need you trashing this woman to a public service agent. Like, yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. And it looks like, to your point, it looks like it's just the cameras are rolling. Like, let's try to do this whole sob story and try to get a
1: storyline out of it. I, I I'm not buying it. I I just I need to hear from John like what happened. If she sucked, if the mom is terrible and not in the picture and the kid is way better off for it, great. It's also super personal. You might not want to get too far into it, but just like point us in a direction so I can look at this from a non-speculative I agree. angle. Yeah. But the thing that gets me with all of it, like, this can't be making the kid's life easier. And that's Mm -hmm. what I get back to. And, like, that's why we say leave the kids out of it. Not necessarily for good... Sorry, not necessarily for bad things, but for all things. Like, just leave him out of it. Because his friends are going to watch this. His friends' parents are going to watch this. And they're going to be like, hey, what's the deal with your mom? Maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe his relationship with her is actually as horrible as it seems.
0: Yeah. He probably don't want to hash that shit out. From what I gather, it looks like it's, like, non-existent. He really doesn't even...
1: To his mom, but this is what gonna I force that conversation exactly. into like a situation where maybe he doesn't want to talk about it with some random that's like, Hey, dude, what's up with your mom? Like, yeah, that just kind of sucks. The whole thing kind of sucks, and like the sentiment of it should be a beautiful thing. Like, I'm not again, I'm not taking away from what she's trying to do for him, but the way it's being presented is not that clean. I don't like it. I agree. Moving on from there, we get like the tree, and her daughters are going dress shopping, and we get a little phone call with joe judice who's like stuck in the bahamas because he got kicked out of the u.s mm-hmm. um i thought he was over in italy but i couldn't tell no he's in the bahamas okay. he was he used to be in italy he moved to the bahamas i there guess that's also how that joe gorga moment just miraculously happened in the bahamas cool. look cool. i
0: mean being kicked out of the u.s sucks but <laughs> being in the bahamas ain't so bad it's not a
1: terrible way to live huh, hurricane but... season probably sucks but yeah but hey you know but let's move on. We got Joe and Melissa buy a Porsche for their daughter because who doesn't get a Porsche for their first car? What was your first car?
0: I had a... Oh, Flipper. No, that was my mom's car. Oh. Yeah, well that that just goes to show you. I had to drive my mom's car to school. Yeah, Flipper. My first actual car wasn't until college and it was like a 12-year-old Acura.
1: Yeah, I had that. Remember the Trailblazer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which I'm... sucks because Brooks had this awesome blazer that my dad got him in Texas and it mm-hmm. was like a two door, like four wheel drive off road, big ass tires, a grill guard. And he crashed it. And of course he got the trailblazer after that, which was like a piece of shit. And that's the car that I got. I got handed down the I'm not complaining. Could have got handed down a better one. I'm not complaining at all. It's just the fact that there was a cooler car available and then he wrecked it and then I got the other one. But whatever. I did have wheels. He, he, Sally. Sally, I remember Sally, Sally. The, yeah. the white trailblazer, Sally, old Sally. Sally. But it
0: is, it is funny because there's been speculation as to where did that car go. I don't know if you saw this. Oh, the Porsche. Oh yeah. Oh, is it gone? She, Antonia, had she had originally posted a picture with the car and then took that down. And now her only other pictures is like with her friend's cars and other things like that. Ooh. So people are kind of putting two and two together and thinking that maybe the car got taken away with all the lawsuits that are coming
1: Joey Gorga's way. You know what I like better? And this isn't true, but it, I don't know. But if they just rented a Porsche for the day, that would be great.
0: Now, I mean, you see Melissa's mind and look, I, we can kind of just look at it for what it is and I'm not going to trash them. Yeah. I, Am I jealous that I didn't get a Porsche, but I probably would have crashed it. So, you know, there it is. But it was nice. You know, you include somebody for Joe who like his entire family is Teresa and she's just not there. The normal thing to do is kind of just go all in on Melissa's family because that's also your family. And it's really nice to see that he has a good relationship with Melissa's mom. Mm -hmm. It was nice to see Melissa's mom being the one to pull the Porsche up and she was crying and she was really emotional. Everybody was really happy about it, so it was a really good moment. I feel like we can just look at it like
1: that, you know? Okay, that's sweet. Let's just look at it like that, we'll move on to Frank and Dolores having lunch. <laughs> and, um, look, I love Frank. I probably will always love Frank. I love that he walks into a restaurant at 12 in the afternoon in a leather vest with, like... Well, a I also love that on. Dolores says, are you part of the village people? Yeah, like I love their dynamic, and like seeing them together... At the lunch table, I was like, God, I wish they could just be together because they're so funny together. But the root of this all, and we've talked about it at length, we don't have to go too far into it. Frank, you just need to let go. Like, it's not fair for you to keep putting this on poor Dolores because you're putting her, like, I know you want your family back. I know you missed that. But for you to say, like, why can't it just be us four? Like, you know why, dude, because it's not you four anymore. Like, you need to expand the family. If you want this to be a relationship in which you get as much, like, face time as you used to you got to make nice with Paul and you also have to understand it's not going to be like that anymore. But
0: also, it's unfair to your girlfriends
1: too. Like I well, feel we don't like even talk about her, I know. <laughs> we don't even talk
0: about her and I feel like he is actively like shutting her out of his family because he has this warped vision of a broken family that is actually all together and it works beautifully and while their dynamic, him and Dolores's dynamic is way different than any other divorced couple with kids and everything and I get that and it's great. You still have to be able to move on a little bit and allow Dolores to move on. Like if Dolores, the mother of your children, wants her current boyfriend that will eventually be her husband to be there for an important thing like Frankie Jr. getting his dream job, then fucking let her bring him. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, and look, at the end of the conversation ends up getting resolved and he says, fine, like Brittany can come and Pauly can come. Great. Awesome. But to start off so strongly against that is weird. It's a bad it's look. Just not Yeah. And for somebody that I actively root for in Bravo with Frank, it's just tough to watch. It is. He's wrong. He's so wrong. And we've been on this the whole time. He is so wrong when it comes to Polly and Dolores. Just allow her like you have to move on, allow her to move on. And it would just be so much easier. And if you can like you've made friends with her exes in the past, it doesn't look like Polly really wants that from you but at least be amicable, and it might be nice. Just give it a fucking chance, and then, you know what? The love of your life, Dolores, will be happy, and she might even be happier with you if you just let her be happy. So I just, agree. It's just it's very simple. It's very easy. Just allow things to move on, and don't put restrictions in place, and it'll
1: work. That's well said. It's well said. There's only two things left to talk about, and one of them is what I thought was the most scathing indictment of Teresa and Louie that we've seen on camera and I posted this and I posted a little it was like a clip by clip thing of Teresa realizing or telling Louie that hey we're on camera right now people thought that I was taken aback because she uninvited them or didn't want them at the party and then she invited them to the party whatever it has zero to do with them wanting or not wanting to invite them to the party had they said we're not inviting them period I would have moved past the scene instantly what we saw was a peek behind the curtain what we saw in that moment was them getting caught being shady and sketchy on camera and quickly trying to backpedal and shift the narrative into no 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 no, no. we love everybody we're trying to be as zen as we possibly can because she goes you know we're on camera right now we're filming and he goes oh shit and like they hang up the phone and or before she hangs up the phone she's like hey No, invite them, invite them. When she hangs up, she's like, it's just so much, it feels so much better to be happy. To be you're gonna throw some Zen bullshit out there after you just got caught being sketchy, scheming, trying to work behind the scenes against those two. I'm not saying that this is where it gets lost. I'm not saying that Joe and Melissa aren't doing things behind the scenes as well, but we just caught these two. We saw them lie and try to then be the victims, try to then be like holier than thou with all this nonsense that they're spewing. We just saw them for who they actually are. And if you can watch that scene as a Teresa fan and not be like, whoa, that was fucked, then you don't understand how to be objective about this. Look at the reaction from her daughters. They're so unfazed. Like they clearly have heard this kind of narrative from these two for the entire season to where they hear one thing, they hear another thing. They don't even react to it. They're just looking at their phones kind of smirking like, huh, the usual. That whole scene to me completely negates anything that those two have been trying to do for the entirety of this scene, arguably the entirety of this feud.
0: Yeah. No, I, it look, like we, as viewers, we don't get the full story ever in any nope. of these shows. And we know that and we accept it and it's fine. I would have respected it if Louis didn't immediately say, oh shit, and be caught. I would have respected it if Teresa didn't say, you know, the cameras are rolling. If they were just true to themselves. And this goes for Joe and Melissa as well if you can just be true to yourself and just accept the fact that this isn't working and you are actively undermining the other side of this, mm. I think that we would be better off as viewers and we would understand what the fuck is going on. The fact that they're so shittily trying to hide things makes it so much worse. Like just immediately be like, if Louis says to Teresa after knowing that the cameras are rolling, I don't care. I don't want them there. I'd be like, all right, Louis. That, yeah, dude. that like makes you, sense to me. You, Because we know things are happening behind the scenes with the business deals that fall through, with the issues that are happening. I'd be okay with that. I'd be like, all right, good. You're taking a fucking stand. I'd be fine with that. But instead, you see them scramble, and it's like, that's a really shitty look for a battle that's just been ongoing for 10 fucking years. Get over it. Just move on, and we don't need to care anymore. Now, I did have a slightly different opinion about the daughters not reacting. Okay. I didn't think it was more like a, oh, yeah, here we go again, blah, blah, blah. I think that they are so firmly on Teresa's side. And when it comes to younger siblings, I think that Gia is actually the one who's pulling the strings with the younger siblings. I think because we've seen Gia go at Joey before, and she's kind of getting her own footing. She's kind of getting her own shit going on. She is the ultimate tree stand. She's playing the game. She knows what's going on. And I feel like younger siblings are going to look up the oldest, right? Yeah, if Gia is the one who's talking to them and telling them like Uncle Joey is no good, we're not going to deal with him anymore. He's shady. He roots against us. He doesn't want us to be happy. The other ones are going to follow suit. So when that happened, and you see, I forget if it was Melania afterwards who said, "Well, why would you want them there? Like, why? Why are they going?" Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So I think that they're maybe I don't want to at call least it at least they took a stand. Don't invite them. Yes. Like that's the truest that we've gotten out of anybody in this family.
1: Yeah, it was your sixteen-year-old child? Sixteen-year-old
0: child who's sitting there watching her cousin get a Porsche for her seventeenth birthday. Yeah, like I, it's just it's bizarre to me, and I just want people to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's I know it's a
1: lot to ask. You sound exasperated.
0: I know it's a lot to ask. Well, look, the rest of the show is good. Like we can agree that pushing it forward with Danielle and Fuda having a bit of a feud. And kind of a changing of the old guard. Like we can focus on the good aspects of the show, sure. which I feel like a lot of people aren't. And we talked to Ryan Bailey last week and he's like, dude, I just feel like Jersey's just dragging on and it's the same bullshit over and over and over again. That's kind of the general look at this show. I still enjoy it and I still hold out a lot of hope for the show. I do too. And I can at least respect people like Jen Aiden kind of stepping up and doing a personal storyline and also being fun. That's good. And the newbies are kind of coming into their own and figuring out their way. That's good for the show. Like, I want the show to succeed. I don't want to just harp on the Joe and Melissa versus Teresa and Louie bullshit over and over and over again. If something big happens like this, which is a scathing issue, then we'll talk about it. But otherwise, like, I just don't feel like dealing with
1: it. No, nah, no, nah, it's getting old. But it, the season's almost over. We got the first look at the uh, the reunion dresses, which yeah. are Disney princess themed, I believe. I believe. So I'm sure our resident fashionista shooter, Magoots, will have his opinions. he will be on the ground. His, yeah, he'll be on the ground floor. Um, well,
0: I did want to talk about one thing, and I want to get your opinion on this. Okay. So we've seen Rachel kind of come at Danielle. And obviously, Danielle did call her a rat. Rightfully so. No. And reserved. there was one thing that stood out when we're at the bridal shower, which also, by the way, Teresa wore a fucking wedding dress.
1: You wore a white shower. dress. Like, she come was on. Pumped.
0: She was banging on the steering wheel so excited that
1: they were there. You did not think that this was just brunch with your daughters. No, she knew it was a bridal shower. And then Jen is like, were you surprised? She's like, yes. And she's like, oh, my God. It's like oh, nobody thought that she was surprised. No, she walked in so... wearing her wedding dress, as you said. One like, of her six, Come I on, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no. So like, that was
0: bullshit, but whatever. I'm sure a lot of bridal showers go that way. The one thing that I want to talk about is Rachel in her confessional. After Danielle just makes one comment. Yeah. They're talking about whiskey because the girls, some of the girls are still drinking whiskey because they're paying homage to their Irish trip. Whatever. She says no whiskey for Rachel. Otherwise, she'll come at me. Funny shot. Rachel in her confessional says there's only so far you can push a person. Like what the fuck? What in the world? And you know what Rachel did in that moment? Not a goddamn thing. Nothing. I think that she is hollow. I think wait that, a minute. <laughs> I think that she won't be able to handle it and I think that if Danielle can just fucking put it together
1: if she goes at Rachel a little hard I think she'll fall over. So this is what I've been lobbying for for a while, and I feel like you've been more on Fuda's because side because it seems
0: like Fuda has been playing the game way better, and she understands the game way better, which is true and, that and can was be my okay. stance
1: was that she is too far into it. From a, I've watched this show before. I got yeah. to play the game. She's not actually taking stock. Just, in what's I happening? I still really like Danielle, and I
0: feel like she's been just kind of floundering, and she's not putting it together. And I think that I what she's disagree. going through with her brother
1: is a part of it. I think that well. And Ryan Bailey brought it to our attention. I thought it was a good point. I'm afraid that they're going to use her brother as kind of a repeat of Joe and Teresa. I hope not.
0: I, I, look, I mean, she's like she's new and we're rooting for her, but she's not as polarizing yet. And, not yet, and but... I know that Bravo tends to do that. And I really hope they don't do that. I hope that we can resolve this or. Maybe we'll learn from our mistakes and Danielle will just say, you know what? My brother doesn't want anything to do with me. I hope I don't care. And if she can own that, if she can just own it and she can come back at the people that are wronging her, Melissa, Marge, Rachel, so on. I think that she can hold her own. And I think that it might breathe a little bit of new life because she does have Jen Aiden on her side who will pop off and say whatever the fuck she wants at any given time. And she's starting to not care what Marge is saying. No, she really does. She has gone she's through it. Yeah, she's she's gone through it and she's had issues and she has her own issues. She knows what's going on and she's completely unfazed. Now unfazed. you can kind of see like Dolores, while she's not really picking sides, she is at least showing some empathy. She's towards chiming them. in. She's chiming in a little bit. Like there is the makings of something here. That if you, Danielle, can just stand up for yourself and not have to go cry in the bathroom because of what you're going through, which
1: we don't know what she's going well, and through. Here's, here's my deterrent. All right? This is what I was getting to. With Danielle, I know you feel like maybe she's floundering a little bit. I don't. I feel like she is actually being more genuine in front of the camera. So she's having genuine reactions. I think it's going to take her a little bit to learn how to brush certain things off because it's a very hostile environment. Okay but I think that she's doing it the right way because she's staying true to herself and she's going to develop thicker skin at some point and she's going to be able to come at this from a genuine standpoint versus Fuda who is trying to play the game so well that she doesn't really know where she stands with certain things and she's just trying to repeat what Marge wants to hear. So I think that Danielle, it's a long game. I think she took, this is her rookie year. It's her first season. Like She's got to go through some of the bumps and bruises and learn how to deal with this kind of shit But I think that she's setting herself up to be more successful because once she's able to kind of roll with the punches and chime back in, I don't want to see her jump into something too early and try to defend herself and get smoked. And now she gets kind of put in the back burner because, oh, she had her moment. She whiffed. I want her to take the time so when she comes onto the scene, she doesn't pull what I think is going to happen to Fuda. Where you burn real bright and then you fizzle out too quick because yeah. you fucked around too much. I think Danielle is like actually. Well, I think Danielle's chess. tougher.
0: And I think that what there has to be something said for Danielle has had a really tough season. Like yeah. She, the first couple of episodes, she was great. It. She was awesome. That's what we wanted. And then she was targeted. And yeah. that was an issue. But when you go through that, something that traumatic, and you're obviously going through something with your brother, and when people are poking at that, it doesn't make it easier. Yeah. So if she, tough. like you said, I think that she's growing organically. I don't think that she's being cognizant of, like, I need to grow tougher skin and I need to maybe be a little more strategic with who I go after. I think we're going to get an actual organic Danielle. And we saw that where she made that comment at Rachel and Rachel didn't say a goddamn word. She got stuck. Marge also did not chime in. I was expecting Marge to try to defend her. So what I think is going to happen, because Rachel is new as well, she's not a crony of Marge. Marge is going to turn on her. I think Marge is going to turn on her, too. I think she's not going to have her back. I think Danielle's going to go right at Rachel, and Rachel's going to look around and be like, where are my friends?
1: And she's going to realize, like, Marge doesn't have friends. Marge has an agenda. Yep. You've been warned this was the conversation that you had and partook in with Danielle that you then used against Danielle. There was a path
0: there for you to go after the old guard,
1: and you decided, I'm just going to fall in line. Here's what's going to happen. She's going to get into it with Marge, and Marge is going to use that against her and be like, why would I trust you? The first conversation you had with Danielle, you threw her under the bus. Why would I trust you? Oh, that's my call. I'm calling that one. Maybe not this season, but in the future. In the future. I I like it. I think that's what happens. Soothsayers. Why? Like, I don't know. I always, for some reason, when I hear soothsayer, I think of like a low whistle. I always have. Interesting. Like when we read back in high school, like Julius Caesar and stuff, like the soothsayer was actually involved in like Shakespeare books. Yeah. I would legit be like, for whatever reason, i just hear like, You're <laughs> <laughs> and that takes us to the question portion, and something happened, and our questions got deleted, so I just put it back out there, so we're, we got one question that was messaged to us. We're going to see if somebody asks a question while we're answering this question, which crazier things have happened. We might, we might be in the clear here, but up first and hopefully not last so come on guys answer those questions super fast from Kels jennings do you think because last time this happened with ariana during his relationship with kristen sandoval got off with no backlash from fans of the cast that he expected the same for his affair with raquel it's a good question that is a really i also good want to question.
0: point out the fact that you were talking to the listeners in real
1: time yeah no That's well not how that works i'm put- <laughs> i'm I aware we're not live i was putting the energy out there in the universe and now what I'm doing very is, smartly is I'm stalling yeah, to try to time.
0: buy time. Um, no, I, I, I guess. I mean, it's tough to put yourself in the mind of Sandoval. Yeah. But that makes a lot of sense. I think that there was no repercussion the first time around.
1: So he was thinking, you know what? I can probably get away with a little bit more. I think, and again, we got to give kudos to Ryan Bailey, who's been doing this for a long time. So he sees kind of the nuances very well. I think what we run into with a lot of people on this show is they have a separation of, it's a selective separation. They only pick and choose when to be reality TV stars and when to be real people. Yeah. Like when they're on the show and they're going through something that we want to resonate with, or they want us to resonate with them, they're real people. When they do something really stupid, ah, you know, it's a TV show. Like we, we exaggerate for the cameras, whatever. What I think ended up happening Was one, yeah, I think he expected it to kind of brush off similar to his first Indiscretion. But I also think that he gets caught up and you can tell by the way he walks around as a quote-unquote rock star for a stupid-ass band. I think that he thinks he's way bigger of a celebrity than he actually is and that this is kind of like, oh, it's like a celeb thing, like, you know, like, shit happens. Like, that's the vibe I get from him because he thinks that he's this inflated superstar and in reality, he's a, fucking D-lister that's on Vanderpump rules that lit the world on fire because he's a piece of shit. That's a really good point. I agree. Did I stall long enough?
0: I don't know. I've got a question. Yay! came up through Twitter a couple weeks ago. Nice. And then they followed up, so I'll read it. On Friday, March 31st, this person said, when are you guys coming out of the closet? (laughs) (laughs) And then on Friday, April 21st, so three weeks later, they sent an up arrow. Like, Uh, I didn't answer. Who said that? From Papa Burner. Papa Burner.
1: That's a really funny follow. The fact that they waited weeks to re-ask the question. They
0: started their account in 2020, and they have
1: five followers. So, we know what they do. But, you know what? Sometimes troll accounts do a good job, and that's kind of funny. It is kind of funny. I I laughed. I I appreciate the callback, too. I
0: laughed harder at the up arrow three weeks later than I did at the original.
1: Oh, we got another question. Nice. See? We can stall with the best of them. Unless it's a shit question. It's not a bad question. From Angel Renee, what do you guys think this season would have been about if Scandoval never got out? And this is a great question.
0: Uh, It would have... Well, we've kind of covered this. I feel like it would have been about
1: Tom and Raquel
0: and then Katie and Tom's relationship. And then maybe we kind of look at it like later in the season, there's some questions about potential cheating with Sandoval and Raquel. And I think that's probably
1: where they would have left it. I think that if you take out the Tom and Raquel thing entirely. That's how I like to kind of picture the season sometimes mm-hmm. because it's a complete 180 like two ends of the spectrum because the season that we get without any scandal and without them being sketchy at the end of the season, you get a season that Raquel would actually be winning. Yeah. Raquel would be the I don't know because to a yeah, lot I of guess... people to a lot of look, the thing that she did with Schwartz will always and forever be unforgivable. We already talked about how I think it's getting glossed over too much because it's fucked up. But this journey of her kind of finding herself, had she not you know, burned everything in her path along the way, she could have came out of this season winning. Lala would have looked horrible. Mm-hmm. But I think that the season is a complete 180 other than these last couple episodes where like, clearly there were some questions being raised regardless. No, we have enough to fill the slot now. We got we got like three more questions. All right, in. good. God, I love our listeners. You guys answer so fast. From Joey Butler. Who's coming out of this season the most unscathed won't have to eat their words? From VPR? Yeah. Uh probably Lala. Yeah. Honestly. Lala made me eat my words.
0: I mean, aside from what she's doing with the Don, she's not going to eat any words for that because I just hate it, but Whatever. Uh you no, know, I, I really do think that she's the only one that seems like she's onto it. Yeah, she and we've given her a lot of shit in the past. And look, I will apologize. Whoa, whoa. whoa. Stands. Whoa. We Careful. do this week by week. I understand. We do it week by week, but we gave her a lot of shit and we talked about the hindsight crew And while there are other people that are in the hindsight crew she is showing signs that she's onto something now. Yeah, you know, six seven months before it actually pops off. So, I personally, me, Shooter Maguder, I'm gonna apologize to not the Lala fans that were ripping us because those people suck. But I'll apologize to Lauren directly
1: and say I was wrong. Hand up. I already did that earlier this show. So did you? Okay. I did. I said hand up. I apologize. I'm sorry for throwing you into the hindsight crew, I'm not sorry for saying that you handled things like shit along the way. Okay, fair enough. That's where I stand. Alright, the last one. And this one comes from Charnik1. Who do you think Andy will have next Wednesday on Watch What Happens Live? Ariana or Stassi? I don't know if they're ready to have Stassi back yet. That's That does set a big precedent if you bring Stasi back it's going to start a lot of rumors but again that also is good for the show if you bring the thing about bringing ariana on and i hope that they do I just, is she ready to discuss it and i mean she's going on this revenge tour which could might her, be yeah she's at the fucking white house <laughs> like
0: yeah i think that i mean obviously everybody's going to want ariana because she really hasn't spoken up
1: necessarily it's almost working for like I almost don't want her to have to dive in unless like it's absolutely necessary I'd rather just see her like continue I to agree live a best life from a, a human standpoint but from a viewer standpoint we kind of want that I think it would be the perfect way to wrap the season up is to finish it the finale I don't really need to hear from Stassi on the matter to be honest no with you. no because that...
0: it's, we, we've done that with fucking Jacks and Brittany and gave them their own show which is stupid
1: yeah and I think that you just run the risk of like oversaturating instead of let's just go to the source and if she's up for it, I think it would make for a killer end of the season. But yeah. if she's not, I think you leave her alone. I agree. But that's all I got. You got anything else? Nope. Well, it feels good to be back in the podcasting seats. Um, we had to do remote the last couple of weeks and getting ready for the live show. It's nice to have a little bit of normalcy. But uh, subscribe to our YouTube page. I'm gonna, I'm only plugging YouTube for the extended like period of time. Yeah. YouTube, baby. All about that YouTube. Plug it up. Subscribe. Subscribe. Subscribe to YouTube. Rob bros are out of here. See you next week. Subscribe. YouTube. Bye. Ah. Uh, hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on.